are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's go. What's up? Welcome to Locked On Dolphins, everybody. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. Today is Friday, April 30th, and boy, oh boy, let me just tell you, if I could have drawn up the picturesque way for the 2021 NFL Draft to unfold before our eyes for the Miami Dolphins, it probably would have looked a lot like what you saw take place last night, and I am fired up about it. Kyle Krabs, Director of Scouting at DraftNetwork.com, Managing Editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. And with the Dolphins' first two picks in the 2021 NFL Draft, they drafted the Jalen Bros. Jalen Waddle, wide receiver, Alabama Crimson Tide at number six overall. And then Jalen Phillips, the defensive end from the University of Miami, with the number 18 overall selection. And here's the thing. Uh, I mentioned there right, right off the top when listing my credentials for anybody who may be listening to the show for the first time, director of, the scout, director of scouting for the DraftNetwork.com. This is, uh, I've been doing this since 2013. This is the first time I can say that the Miami Dolphins have drafted completely in chorus with my own personal sets of rankings. Uh, for me personally, evaluating for both uh, the Dolphins, and for myself across the all 32 teams as a part of our coverage uh, as an NFL draft analyst, Jalen Waddle was my number one wide receiver in this year's NFL draft. Above Jamar Chase, above Devontae Smith, and the Dolphins drafted him. Jalen Phillips was my number one rated defensive end, and the Dolphins drafted him. So you create a big board as an NFL draft analyst, right? And I created a big board this year, and it was finalized on Monday of this week. And uh, across all 32 teams, Jalen Waddell was my uh, number one wide receiver. Jalen Phillips was my number one defensive end. Both inside my top seven overall players in this year's NFL draft. And both belong to the Miami Dolphins. I did a Dolphins-specific big board earlier this week as well. And out of all the prospects that I listed as eligible candidates for the Miami Dolphins, wouldn't you know Jalen Phillips is number three on that list, but only predictably, otherwise he'd have been number two behind Kyle Pitts? And wouldn't you know Jalen Phillips was number five on that list? So I took all the players available for the 2021 NFL Draft, ranked them for the Dolphins specifically, and the Dolphins got two of their top, my top five players that would help this football team, and they drafted them. Does that mean this is a uh, fail-safe plan? No, of course not. There's a projection here that needs to be accounted for. And Chris Greer proving once again he's not afraid of taking risks based on talent relative to injuries. Jalen Waddell played in four games, was phenomenal, outproduced Devontae Smith. We did a whole podcast. If you're in, in your feelings, you feel some kind of way, you wanted Devontae Smith, just go back, take a look. Jalen Waddell, better player in the first month of the season for the Alabama's Crimson Tide this year before he got hurt. But he did break his leg against Tennessee on the opening kickoff and did proceed to miss the rest of the season until he made an appearance, cam let's call it a cameo appearance in the national championship game. Jalen Phillips, best defensive tape of any prospect in this year's draft from the 2020 season. But he also had concussion issues which prompted him to 
uh, retire at UCLA. Now, some of that retirement was based on the procedures that were in place there at UCLA. But then he transfers to Miami and has a phenomenal bounce back. You could tell he kind of regained his passion for the game. But the concussions are something to note and monitor. The, from a talent perspective, the Miami Dolphins are the biggest winner of the first round of the 2020 NFL draft. They drafted two impact players. They drafted two guys who are going to be able to influence the game and create splash plays. And listen, that, that's when you look at the Dolphins. So much of what they did, and Brian Flores has talked a little bit about this in the past, about how we don't need stars, blah, 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 blah. But stars are nice to have if they fit your vision and they fit your model. And guess what? Jalen Wano has the potential to be a star in the NFL with his explosive speed and big play create, uh, big playmaking ability. Steve Sarkeesian gets on coaching clinics talking about how you need explosive plays. You need to create chunk plays. Jalen Waddle, he was 21 of 26 for his career on 20-plus yard targets down the field. His average touchdown reception, he had 17 of them in his college career at Alabama. 17 career receiving touchdowns. The average distance on them was 45 yards. How many 45, how many, how many 30-yard touchdowns did the Dolphins score last year? Genuine question. Not very many. They're a pop gun offense. They played inside a 10-yard box. And I remember being asked last summer, what's the risk with the way the Dolphins are structuring their offense? That's the risk. So you get Will Fuller in free agency, and you draft Jalen Waddle, and you better put on your jetpack when you're, you're pl- trying to play the Miami Dolphins. Because now they're going to stretch you down the field. This is so exciting to me. This is so, this should be, I hope this is exciting to all of you. Because the dynamics of what the Dolphins were and weren't last year on their way to winning 10 football games, you understand that they had some limitations. Apparently the Dolphins did too. Because everything they've done this offseason is embrace, we're going to free up room to work. We are going to manufacture space. And we're going to do that by going and getting two guys that run in the four twos and four threes, and those guys win down the field. You look at Tua Tungvaloa's career at Alabama, he was just as good in Mike Loxley's offense in 2018 as he was in Steve Sarkeesian's offense in 2019, and that Loxley offense in 2018 was predicated on pushing the ball down the field and creating chunk plays. Let's go. Let's strap him up. I'm ready to go to training camp today. And we still got two days of the draft left. Are you kidding We're on the clock within the first four picks. Dolphins fans, man, I hope you're as excited as I am because I'm sitting here, I'm I'm walking around outside, TDN Draft Headquarters, and and can't sit still. Obviously, I was on the air last night for the the live stream that we had, um, and this is really when it's sinking in for me, the chance to sit down and kind of process. The Dolphins really drafted two of my top seven overall players, not even specific for the Dolphins, but in this entire class. The Dolphins drafted two of my top seven available prospects in the 2021 NFL Draft. Potential to be a game-changing draft for the Dolphins. Chris Greer did not swing for singles and doubles here, guys. Chris Greer swung for the fences. He swung for the fences, and I'm super excited about what he's going to have up his sleeve today. Today's episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection. 
10 Creative Styles of Diamond Rings, designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life, using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana. 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. If you're on the hunt for the perfect unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching for the words 10 by 10 at BlueNile.com. So we also need to kind of filter through some of the, the headlines and things uh, coming off the heels of this draft. And, and I do think it's interesting. You hear Good Morning Football, you hear Peter Schrager. Uh, you hear the report from NFL Network's Ian Rappaport. Jalen Waddle was presumably the Dolphins' number two overall player in this year's draft. Not behind Kyle Pitts. Uh, Trevor Lawrence... They did the evaluation. Trevor Lawrence was the number one player on their board. Jalen Waddle, according to both Peter Schrager and Ian Rappaport, Jalen Waddle, the number two player on their board. So you think about the Dolphins and their decision to move up, the decision to make this trade, and you think about the perception of those on the outside, and it, wow, this has to be Pitts or Chase, right? Those are the top two guys. Waddle was the number one guy for Miami. And I think that's a really good reinforcement point of all 32 teams have their own different sets of criteria. And for Miami, you do the evaluation. You think about what you have, what you don't have on the roster, what you need. This is quite clearly the Dolphins evaluating and understanding the limitations of their team and understanding what is going to help take them to the next level. That self-awareness is great. But it is also important to get value and not just draft for need. So the Dolphins, you know, they do the evaluation. Jalen Waddle's their number two overall player. They get him at six overall. If that's the case, then I would encourage you to look at the trade out of three as this. If Waddle was their number two player, they were going to take him at three because Chris Greer does not care. You know, he's going to take the best player available. And if that's the case then you got the same player you would have got at three. You moved back three spots. You saved, financially speaking, a, a significant amount of money to trade back, manufacturing additional long-term cap flexibility, and you picked up a third-round pick in next year's draft, and you picked up a first-round pick in 2023. All those cool things that we were talking about as far as the dynamics of, wow, the Dolphins, they know they're really playing the game here. They might end up getting the same guy and get all these extra picks. It turned out to be true. It just wasn't the player that we were anticipating was going to be that highly coveted on their board. And if you want to be skeptical about that, that's great. But I'm, I'm going to sit here and tell you the draft network had Jalen Waddle as their number one wide receiver in this year's draft. Number one wide receiver. We had him over Jamar Chase. We had him over Devontae Smith. I personally, for the Dolphins, had him as the top wide receiver target. I said, Kyle Pitts is the prospect that would most change the dynamics of your offense from a personnel perspective. Jalen Waddle was the prospect that was most going to benefit everybody who's already existing on the roster and bring the most change from that perspective, doing the same things that you tried to do last year. And here we are. And we didn't even talk about Jalen Phillips yet. Uh, so 
the decision to draft Jalen Phillips at 18, uh, obviously it's a little bit more surprising. You kind of, the, the earlier in the draft that you are, the fewer possible dominoes there are that can fall in different directions, and the choose-your-own-adventure isn't quite as uh, robust. But you get to 18, more than half the first round is gone at this point, so it's kind of a chance to, uh, okay, let's survey the landscape. Let, let's take a look. Uh, who's going to be there? Who's not? It's a little bit more unpredictable. And for the Dolphins, I did think it was interesting that you had the top two edge rushers on the board. You had Jalen Phillips and you had Quiddy Pay. And I had Phillips rated higher based on talent, but Pay was predictably the guy I thought they would go with because of his football story and the lack of medicals. And shame on me. I should have freaking known. Chris Kerr doesn't care about the medicals. He drafted Tua Tungvaloa at five last year with the hip. So, Jordan Reed, ironically enough, also told me that some teams had some concerns about Quiddy paying his knee. I'm curious if the Dolphins are one of those teams. I don't have that answer. But the fact that they drafted Jalen Phillips over Quiddy Pay tells me they were either blown away by the tape or they may have felt the concussions was less of a concern than Quiddy Pay's knee, who ended up getting drafted number 21 to the Indianapolis Colts. Wish him the absolute best, except when he's playing the Miami Dolphins. Jalen Phillips and his addition to the defensive line is exactly what we have talked about was necessary for the Miami Dolphins to bring to the table. If you want to have a seat at the table with the big dogs, you got to have somebody who can win some one-on-one pass rush situations and get after the quarterback. So that when you need to drop eight and get pressure with three, you've got somebody who gives you a fighting chance of getting there. Emmanuel Agba, Dolphins' best sack artist, He's not that kind of guy. He's, he's just not that caliber of a pass rusher. Jalen Phillips is. So again, this is the Dolphins evaluating the haves and have-nots on the roster. Drafting for value, right? Jalen Waddle as their number two overall player, getting me at six, that's drafting for value. And then simultaneously drafting a, another premium position. They passed on Najee Harris, who didn't get drafted by the, the Pittsburgh Steelers at 24. And more on him in just a minute. The Dolphins got value on my board, on their board. The Dolphins got positional value. The Dolphins got impact players. So all this stuff about, you know, do your 111th and all that, that's great. But now you got guys who can do their 111th on both sides of the ball and also simultaneously take over a football game. The only question with both these guys, they both have medical questions. That's the risk. But you're going to have risk with anything. And I would rather swing for the fences and go after talent and say, hey, man, like Jalen Waddle, he, he'd been perfectly fine as a part of the Alabama wide receiver core before he, he got hurt on a, a kick return, of all things, and missed eight games. We're confident that can be there. And then from Jalen Phillips' perspective, hey, look, man, like we understand he had some concussion stuff. He had a wrist thing, but that was an off-the-field injury for the wrist. He had a great season last year, and he managed to stay healthy. Why not for us? And that's all it needs is one year of why not for us to all break your way collectively, and you're going to have a damn good season. Speaking of damn good, Built Bar's protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And if you have not had Built Bar yet, what are you waiting for? We're talking about 100% chocolate on 18 different flavors, high protein, high fiber, low sugar, low calorie. Whether you're looking for something that's on the go, 
you're looking for something that's keto friendly, you're looking for something post-workout, you're looking for something for breakfast, Built Bar can be that for you. So visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% on your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. So where do the Dolphins go from here? That's, that's kind of the magical question, right? Is we're kind of getting our, our bearings about us of what may or may not be the, the strategy for the Dolphins moving forward. We did see two running backs come off the board in successive picks, Pittsburgh and Jacksonville, Najee Harrison, Travis Etienne. You do have Javante Williams on the board still entering into the second round. The big million-dollar question is you have Jacksonville and you have the New York Jets. Is he going to come off the board in that situation? Even if he does, even if he does, hear me out. Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State is still on the board. This is an offensive line prospect that I would have been happy with the Dolphins taking at number 18 overall. So if that's the direction the Dolphins choose to go, by all means, let's strap up. Let's do it. There's plenty of good football players left here. I'm just kind of reviewing the top prospects available, according to my own personal set of rankings here. You've got Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa from Notre Dame. Managed to fall out of the first round. Baron Browning, linebacker from Ohio State. An affiliation with the Dolphins from the Senior Bowl. Aziz Ojolari. They're probably not going to go that direction after they drafted Jalen Phillips. Trevon Morig, safety, free safety from TCU, still out there. Tevin Jenkins, as I mentioned. Landon Dickerson. Javante Williams. There's good football players left. And the Dolphins, are, you're guaranteed to get a good value at 36 overall. The running back question, though, is it's, are you going to fit yourself into that peg if he's there for you because you feel you need to upgrade that position? And I'll say this about Javante Williams. He's not the same third down caliber player as the two guys who went in the first round. Am I worried about it? No, not really. You can platoon him if you wanted to. But if you're going to platoon him, why would you just force Javante Williams at 36 with all these other good players left on the board? I'd advocate for not taking Javante Williams at 36 based on some of the talent that fell out of the first round. Would I be upset if Javante Williams was the pick? Absolutely not. I'd be thrilled to have a sledgehammer. But if the Dolphins don't go that direction, it's not a doomsday scenario, guys, because he'd probably end up getting platooned even if he was the choice for Miami. So you can find other guys to platoon, whether it's Ramondre Stevenson from Oklahoma or Trey Sermon from Ohio State. There's options available. Don't panic. And oh, by the way, the Dolphins have three picks tonight <laughs> scheduled as of right now. That's not to say they might not add more along the way. They got 36, they got 50, they got 81 scheduled on the books. We'll see what else they can manufacture too. They're probably not going to come up. They don't need to come up from 36. I doubt they'll come up from 50. If anything, they might manufacture more picks by trading down a little bit, but they have to be over the moon thrilled, just as I am, just as you should be, about what night one looked like. Phenomenal value. Let's see Chris Greer do it again. We're going to strap up. We got two days left of the 2021 NFL Draft. The Dolphins have, are currently scheduled to have six more selections, additions to this roster. We'll see if they move up or down and make more or less of those picks. But last night was picturesque. It was a dream come true, and I hope that's the perspective you guys carry into tonight's 
day two of the 2021 NFL Draft. That is going to do it for me here on the show. Quick one today, quick reaction. I wanted to give my energy to each and every one of you. Uh, we have been pounding the table for both of these players collectively for the past few months. And they're both Miami Dolphins. Let it sink in. Get excited. Watch some of their highlights. We will have plenty more reaction to these two guys and the rest of the Dolphins class for you starting on Monday. I am Kyle Krabs. Checking out. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Thanks as always for listening. I'll talk with you guys on Monday. Fins up.